and welcome to Couple of Vigits, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. So, for our listeners, if you listened to yesterday's episode, the audio is terrible. So, we've been uh, doing some testing here. It's really hard not to just blow through that entrance again, since I've said it about 10 times in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> this is true, but hopefully we have everything just right now and you can hear us both and one's not too quiet one's not blowing your ear out yeah i was so loud that it was clipping and then it sounded like you were in the other room like in the bathroom doing the <laughs> podcast well that's just it. you have a voice that carries and i kind of have more of a quiet voice so it is sometimes kind of hard to um find the mix that works for us people have always said i have a really loud voice and i don't think i'm talking loud i just think somehow my voice reverberates on more frequencies or something i don't know it's a fuller voice yes it's a voice for radio um basically i think you'd have a very good radio voice and um yeah like i said it just it just seems to carry i don't think you're talking sometimes you do talk loud i'll I'll give you that sometimes i have to tell you to use your indoor voice but no a lot of times i just think because your voice carries so well that it just sounds louder than it really is. Yeah, that freaks me out sometimes. I'll be outside talking to someone, and then I'll be like, ugh, how many blocks away did they just hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't say anything too bad. All right, so today, speaking of being worried about what other people do, this is Season 4, Episode 9, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and uh got to tell you, I liked this episode. Oh, that's good. It threw me for a loop at first. We'll get into that, but not bad. And you, I'll, I'm, I'll, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but this is going to be one of those episodes that has, uh, it deals with the overarching story, and it's not a one-off Monster of the Week or a fun episode. We're right back to kind of classic season-long episodes, right? Yes, we are. Now, did you like it because... Just because it was that or because it had nothing to do with the movie by the same name? Or is it a little bit of both? You know, I've never actually seen that movie, I don't think. Or if I saw it, I saw it when it first came out and I totally don't remember what happened. Exactly. Because I, I had to look it up and see what it was about. Like, oh, okay. It's someone, yeah. she like, it's a girl that accidentally hits and kills someone in a car. And then like a, the next summer later, she starts getting tormented by someone that knows her secret, right? I think it's, yes, it's someone, someone, someone ends up dead and four people try covering up. So, yes, then it, the anniversary of that death, I think all four of them start kind Effing of. Messing with each other. <laughs> I don't know if they're messing with each other, but um, they start getting haunted or whatever. So, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any new supernatural nothing about it. I think it's like, it's, it's on the same level as Scream. You know, it's all psychological horror and not really creatures or demons or anything right i guess i don't know like i i don't believe i have seen it either even when it first came out it's just one of those teen movies that i have no interest in well it's funny that i mean we go through these phases of movies you know obviously horror movies and they we already talked about these with the black and whites you know kind of the universal monster movies and all of the knockoffs that happen from there and then you get up into like 70s and then they're exploitation uh, horror films. Then you get like the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Kind of, I think because there's a lot of psychos in the news that pretty much your horror movies turn into what a bunch of kooks running around. 
But then in the 90s, there is really nothing scary anymore other than your own best friends. And then so there was a whole series of 90s horror movies that kicked off with Scream that I think follows that stuff. Now, I really couldn't cite too many other movies beyond Scream and I didn't know what you did and all their sequels. But we go through these phases of horror movie types. And then, uh, I don't know, what do you think the 2000 horror movies have really been based on? I think they've been more based on um, the supernatural. Yeah, it's always like, you know, what's, it's always spooks in your house or something's haunted, you know, something can't, can't leave this plane because they're trapped here for some reason. That's what it seems like most of these haunting movies are. Is that correct? You've seen more of them than I have. I don't think I have. I mean, we've we've all watched, you know, but Poltergeist was what, 80s, 70s? I don't remember that. Yeah, but like House on Haunted Hill, even things that aren't movies, but more series now on, on Netflix. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's something that's very um, ghosty, supernatural type sort of thing. Um, and another show I started watching is called Evil, and that's really good. It, it involves a lot of the supernatural also and things like that. So I do recommend The House on Haunted Hill. Or The Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House. That's a different mo- show then. House on Haunting Hill and House on Hill House? What? No, The Haunting of Hill House is the Netflix series I am okay. recommending. There is a movie or something called something about Hill House. Or <laughs> yeah, I, there's Silent Hill. There's, there's all sorts of hills. Right. They all got problems. Right, but The Haunting <laughs> of Hill House, that's the one I recommend. There was one scene where a little literally screamed oh my and i usually do not do that i usually laugh through horror movies yeah but you it actually frightened you huh oh that's cool not so much frightened but startled the crap out of me you know i think the last movie you know a lot of people laughed at it but that movie paranormal activity that wigged me out that can I, i can watch that and i can get some shivers up my spine but then after about 10 minutes and i'm like okay then i'm just trying to spot how they did everything because we know that that was a low budget Kind of just setting up, I think, iPhones or something like that. Pretty basic gags. A bunch of invisible strings moving stuff around. But that, that can still creep me out when I see it. That movie creeped me out till the very end scene. And then it's like, oh, for the love of God. I forget the ending of That's where her activity. She's like right in the camera and her face goes all... Goes all wonky and you're like oh oh yeah they added in the cgi there is no cgi except for the very end where yeah she gets a demon face or something like that and it just ruined the whole thing it did it totally yep. ruined it because before it made like oh my gosh this could really happen and then that happened I'm like nope okay done next so i know we've already spent a lot of time and you want to get into this episode but another great horror movie or what i thought was going to be great uh was that blair witch project <laughs> that sucked i I was so disappointed. Like, I was, I'd was, i been hearing about that movie. Uh, at the time, we lived out in L.A., so we actually knew, you know, people with screener copies and heard people on the radio discussing it, how this is an absolutely terrifying movie. It is going to scare hell out of anyone that watches this thing. Obviously, all of L.A. got this message because that was a horror movie that you and I went to, I think, on the opening night, and the theater was packed. I do remember going to see it in a theater, and throughout all of it, I'm like, I don't get what the big yeah. stink about it was. It, to me, wasn't... 
scary or anything like it, that. It was just too much running through the woods and jittery cam of like, hey, wait, what's going on? Is there something behind you? Right. You Are you just really, running? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah, that, totally that. And I mean, I appreciate it that those actors, I mean, they really went through a lot to make that movie because those poor people that went out there, they actually thought crap was going on. They just got kind of set up and told, go wander around. Here's your basic things to do for three days in the woods. But then the producers start screwing with them at night and then like actually got real legitimate reactions from people so i mean i appreciate like the artistry of what they did but then the uh it it just did not pay out in the end and i don't know man i just you see a guy standing in the corner and it's a little creepy but (laughs) it's not gonna make you crap your pants exactly let's get back to this episode though we start off with a recap this recap includes a whole cast of characters. Castiel, Lilith, Sam's Powers, Dean being upset, Sam Hain. Everyone who's anyone so far seems to be in this recap. Lots of details. It's getting very complex. It was very complex. Uh, if picture Castiel and Uriel and um, what happened that last episode where they were on. Um, so kind of uh, talking where Uriel says, you know, Tell Dean to get off his high horse, ask him what happened in hell and things like that. So, Episode starts off. We see a lady in a mental hospital. A nurse or a doctor, someone is asking the lady if she remembers what she did. And uh, she says she was just trying to warn everyone. He gets asked, uh, warn about what? And uh, the patient says, yeah, I know. You think I'm a nut, but it's all true. The end is coming. And little bit of clarification, you know, like the Bible, the apocalypse, the real thing. Uh, you can tell that the doctor is just trying to kind of summon out her mental illness exactly where it might be coming from. But we get the information here, though. Uh, it's like this lady in the mental ward knows it all. She says Lilith is trying to break 66 seals to raise, to raise Lucifer from hell and end the world. For a little bit then, this lady's body just goes limp as if she was listening to something. And then she comes, she pops back and then gives some more info. There's 600 possible seals and Lilith just has to break 66 of them. And that is why it's impossible to stop her and even the angels are losing. At this point in my notes, I wrote, wow, it's like this lady wrote the show. She knows everything. <laughs> she was in on everything. You're right. I mean, she's given us more information than we've got so far. We, I've had a bit of confusion on these seals. You know, I thought that we would be counting down like, okay, we go 66, 65, 64. You corrected me on that. But I didn't realize, though, that in reality, there's 600 possible seals to break. So it isn't like there's just a specific 66. She just has to run around and break 66, and we're done. We'll find out later that the first seal and the last seal, were those two were important. But, yeah, the other ones that, that Lilith broke just a bunch could, of have been in, yeah, could have been in any <laughs> random order or whatever. It sounds like due diligence when you're selling a company. They make you just file a whole ton of different paperwork to kind of prove they actually want to sell your company. It's the first step and the last step that actually matter. All the crap they make you do in the <laughs> middle is just so you prove that you're legitimate. Exactly. Businessman. exactly. So uh, a nurse comes in uh, to give her some medication and she can see that something is very wrong with her his face. She starts freaking out. She nervously looks over at a clothes dresser, which all of a sudden magically force slides across the room, crushing the orderly against the door, hitting his head on the glass. 
And then she creeps out the door and splits. And that's the beginning of the episode. Yes, when she, like you said, when she was kind of like stopped talking, she was listening because you could, I don't know if you could hear it, but I could hear like little whispers or something. So she was definitely listening to something. Or thought she was listening to something anyway. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear that, but you know, my tendonitis is a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for to hear angel whispers, but yeah, yeah it definitely, she like cocked her head like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after that, we, uh, the intro of the show, we see that Sam is shooting some pool, and he is not go- doing good, and he looks drunk AF. Uh, it seems he's $200 down so far in the game because Dean comes over and tries to break the game up. this point, though, Sam doubles down, and he wants to play for $500. But then there's a little wink and a nod back and forth between Dean and Sam. So I was like, oh, this is just a hustle these two are playing. Act like a drunk, get the odds way up there, and then be awesome. Sam goes and breaks. And right then, he spots Ruby at the bar, and he just is like, uh, just keep the money. And he wanders away from his pool game. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Dean's face is like, what do you mean keep the money? Because that's probably all the money they had, you know? Well, they'll just have to grab another <laughs> ATM <you> know, <laughs> card from someone that they don't own and steal some more money. There you go. I mean, let us not forget, these boys are constantly breaking laws to stay afloat. Oh, yeah, because they don't get paid for what they're doing. So they don't mention it as much anymore. But in the first episodes, it came out that they made their money by credit card scams, hustling pool, and things like that. So let's say they did not make an honest living. Yeah, I, uh, yesterday when uh, Dean stole that bottle of whiskey, I'm sure that did not cross his mind whatsoever. He probably thought, well, there's already stuff stolen and the porno's gone. I mean, what's, a, what's another bottle? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so where are we at here? Um, so they, they wander over, Sam and Dean wander over to Ruby, and she has info. She knows about that girl that we saw in the opener, and uh, she is split from the ward, and all the demons are out on the hunt for her with an order to capture a live. And she says, basically, you boys need to find her before the demons find her because she's important for some reason. Through all of this, though, Dean doesn't believe her for a second. Um, Sam stops Ruby from leaving, though, to get some more info and the help of the hunt. Yeah, Dean still does have, well, he really doesn't have any reason to trust Ruby like we find out later that Sam does. So he is very suspicious of why are we getting this from her um, if this woman was so important? I don't know if he mentioned the angels or anything, but I think Dean was probably thinking if this girl was this important and the demons want her, then why weren't the angels, you know, kind of... Well, why is there a demon there looking, help, uh, telling them to look for it? Is, yeah, if you're Dean, you're very skeptical. Yes, I don't blame him for his skepticism at all. So I think Sam just asks, like, for her name or what town she was in, something like that. I don't know. Just basically, Sam keeps asking Ruby for info, and it fades to black. Uh, we come back. We see uh, at night, the boys are driving down the road. Sam's on the phone doing more research, getting info. Dean thinks, though, this mission sucks, and he hates, clearly hates Ruby because she's a demon. Sam likes Ruby since she helped him with Lilith. And the boys get, start getting a bit snippy back and forth about details and about things that happened when Dean was gone. And basically, Dean clams up. They both clam up and don't want to talk. 
Yeah, Dean they was, sit in silence. Right. Dean was trying to get information from Sam, and Sam's like, how about you first? How was hell, Dean? And yeah, Dean shut right up. Then it's a flash, flashback to six months before. I didn't realize it at the time, but the title of this episode, I know what you did last summer. I assumed it was based on that lady in the ward because the doctor asked, like, do you remember what you did? In fact, that is not the did what you did last summer that that title is referencing because this is going to be the first of nearly a complete episode of flashback. Exactly. So buckle in tight for your flashbacks and back to real time. <laughs> So we flash back to six months before. We see Sam is burying a crossroads box and waiting around. He yells, come on. We see a demon show up. He's got red eyes, which is, I think, something new. Have you seen a red-eyed demon? All the crossroad demons have red eyes. Okay. He first wants to see Sam's knife. And Sam, I think, takes off the knife, puts it down on the table in front of him. And Sam assures him that there's no devil's traps. This is, you know, he's here. Square deal. Um, the whole thing, it does seem like they're looking to make a deal of some sort. And Dean tells Sam, no dice. I don't even think we know yet what this deal's about. Just they're, they're going back and forth. And Dean's like, nah, I'm not going to. Yeah, the demon said he's, he didn't want to make a deal. He was thinking of not even showing up because he wasn't going to make any sort of deal with Sam. Yeah. Uh, well, the demon, though, has wandered in close enough during all of this. Sam grabs the knife off the table and stabs it through the demon's hand right into the table. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> Didn't kill him, but um, his hand was kind of like sparking that orangey-red spark. Yeah, he really must be a powerful demon, though, for the knife not to affect him. Because I'm like, hey, dude, why didn't you just go up in a puff of smoke there? Why didn't you zap and fall over? I do not know if crossroad demons are stronger or, well, not really. I don't think they are, but maybe it's just because Sam got him in the hand and not any place vital. Because usually when they stab a demon to kill it, they're pretty much killing the, the host that they're in as well. Yeah, that's true. So, it's always through the chest or the head or something. Exactly. Okay, so uh, the demon says that everything is in place right where we want it. Flashback over. Meaning, Dean's in hell where he belongs, and you're still up here where you belong. Because the deal was, we kind of learned in this little bickering, I think, that Sam wanted to trade himself for Dean in hell. He wanted to swap places, and that's what he summoned for. Exactly. He says, you don't have to give me 10 years, don't you have to give me a year, just take me now, swap places. And Demon is like, no, I don't think so. We got, we got everything right where we want it right now. So, I was like, because Sam even mentions, come on, Lilith wants me dead. It's a good deal. It's a good trade. And he's like, nope. Yep. Uh, then flashbacks over. Back in the car, it's raining. And the boys are still not saying anything to each other. <laughs> so I was kind of curious. That must have just been, uh, that was simply Sam thinking to himself. He wasn't telling Dean that story. I'm not really sure. It probably, this flashback probably was more just Sam thinking to himself. Um, yeah, because he didn't start talking out loud. It just kind of did the wavy, you know, <laughs> into his head, and then he saw it. Supernatural does not do the wavy into someone's head <laughs> when doing a flashback. They just cut to a scene, and it says six months earlier. Oh, it's just like how SNL does flashbacks. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, the boys then, they're at the hospital, and they're getting info on Anna. That's that girl from the very beginning that broke out. Uh, back in the day, the doctor says she was a fine, normal person. Then within weeks, she was having visions of demons everywhere. Uh, the doctor says that this is kind of a common thing with uh, their patients, is they'll be fine, and then all of a sudden they think that there's angels and demons and all sorts of crazy stuff. Dean then gives uh, a wink and a nod to the doctor, like, yeah, that's batty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what she said is uh, with schizophrenia patients, it does sometimes come on that quickly. But also, she mentioned that Anna's father was a deacon of a church and said that sometimes in schizophrenia patients, or a lot of times in deeply religious schizophrenia patients, they do have that religious visions and things like that. Talking about angels and demons. Yeah, the doctor uh, kind of ends the conversation saying that she hopes that she finds her and she can get help. The boys show up at a house. I'm assuming it's her house or her parents' house or relative's house. You forgot to mention that the sketchbook she pulled out to show Oh, yeah, she handed over a big book of sketches that she was making. And it mentioned in there the breaking of the 66 seals and drawings of some church and other things that... The boys are like, oh, this chick is the for realsies thing. Okay, so the boys show up at the house. Nobody answers the door. Dean tries the doorknob. It's unlocked. They go inside, uh, saying that they're the sheriff's department. Uh, but they quickly find two people dead on the ground with their throats slit. Yeah, and they find sulfur, so they know it was a demon's. And hey, wait, we had a commercial there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did I miss anything before the commercial? Dr. Uh, no. All right, so after commercial, Sam reaches down and sniffs something off the floor. It's sulfur. So they know demons had beat them to the location. Yes, this was Anna's parents, both of them dead. Obviously, they had stopped there looking for Anna, but she wasn't there. So the boys have a bunch of uh, those drawings from the hospital, and they're looking around at photos in the house, and they recognize that a window from uh, a window in one of the photos matches windows in her drawings. And they figure a scared person running from demons would go hang out at a church for protection. And this happened to be the church that her father was the deacon or minister of. So the boys are in the church, uh, walking in slowly. I think they're like upstairs in the attic or something like that. It didn't look like, it, it just looked like a whole bunch of old church relics laying around. Really not a formal place for worship. Sam calls out for Anna, letting her know that they're there to help. And Anna's like, Sam? Sam Winchester? She steps out from behind some something, I don't know, something in storage, and instantly also recognizes Dean. Anna knows all about the angels. She can hear them talking. And about the boys, she has, like, their whole backstory of what's going on because she's been overhearing the angels discuss it. So it kind of proves, since she has this information, that she's not lying. Right. She says to Dean, the angels talk about you. You were in hell, but Cassia pulled you out. And some of them think you can help us. Then she turns to Sam and says, some of them don't like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she said that she heard Dean Ch Winchester is dead. or Win Dean Winchester is saved, clear as a bell, when he came out of hell. Like, right. They all said it together or something. Right, because they asked her when she started hearing this these voices and things and she said it was uh, September 18th well we know that was the date that Dean was pulled out of hell and then yeah that's when she heard Dean Winchester is saved 
Well, Dean figures that's why the demons want her is because, as he put it, she is 1-800-ANGELS. She can basically listen in, and it would be pretty handy for demons to have a spy on the inside. At this point, though, Ruby rushes in and warns them to leave. Dean and Ruby start to bicker a little, and then they all notice that a statue of Mary is bleeding from the eyes. That is never a good sign. I don't care who you are. By the way, that whole when uh, Mary's bleed from the eyes, that is my favorite religious thing that people go crazy for when they when they just gets discovered worldwide. <laughs> Do they ever, uh, you know, answer like, how does that happen? Are those things ever scientifically explained? Um, no, I think just maybe chemicals in the air reacting possibly with water that gets on it and maybe causes a rust color, something that looks like it's bleeding from the eyes. That's oh, what yeah, I've I'm heard. sure that there's a, I'm sure, th I'm pretty sure that it's not real blood. Well, porn, no, of course it isn't. But yeah, those, anytime I hear those stories or see them on TV, that is the one thing that I really dig <laughs> is a good bleeding Mary someplace. <laughs> Mary and a half shell. I mean, if there was a bleeding Mary in Wisconsin, I would try to figure out a way to go see it. That's all I'm saying. But they always happen in like Latin America or someplace, like you say, they happen someplace tropical usually. They happen in very, very large Catholic countries where they have. And I think a lot of Latin Americans are very... You're not just talking Catholic, you're talking like Catholic. Yeah, it's all the dogma and everything else that goes with it. Exactly. It's all the, yeah, they, they lump in a lot of hoodoo in, into it that's not in the Bible necessarily. No, like you Hey, if you're Catholic, like, though, I'm not against you. I'm just saying your religion's different than other people's. It's kind of nutty to us, but we still love you. <laughs> uh, Ruby says, hey, it's too late. We can't run anymore. Uh, Sam's... Sam uh, like prepares to get his demon force powers ready. Dean says, hey, don't use that. But Ruby's like, he must or everyone's going to die. <laughs> demon, uh, I think, just shatters the door or something and just starts strolling in. Sam tries his force powers but has no luck. The demon then force grabs him and slam, like drags him through the room, slams him against a door or something like that. Puts him out of commission for a while. Because then the demon starts beating the hell out of Dean. And talking about how much they, he enjoyed, enjoyed hanging out with him in hell. <laughs> and eventually, though, Dean recognizes this uh, demon and knows his name. It's Alistair. So old Dean's old pal Alistair from back in the day is here. Yeah, well, it's Alistair. But yeah, Alistair. Um, and in the meantime, Ruby, fortunately, um, gets to Anna and gets her to safety while Sam and Dean are battling the big bad demon. Sam stabs, Sam though, uh, breaks free or something, grabs the knife and stabs uh, that guy, I think in the shoulder, to kind of stun him, put him out of commission, break his power. The boys then turn, look at this stained glass window, by the way, the world's worst fake stained glass window, and they leap through it, and down, I don't know, you know, 35, 40 feet under the ground, get up and run away. Yeah, well, Sam was trying to kill him when he stabbed him with a knife. And it just because Alistair is such a powerful demon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that Sam meant to kill him, but it didn't right. work. It just kind of broke his hold on him. Pretty much, yeah. They were able to get away by doing by Sam doing that. 
Um, so just a note for people in the future that want to make fake stained glass windows and have them on a TV show. Don't just make it all as one big panel with different colors. You've actually got to make all the individual panels and put them together. Yes. So that when it breaks, <laughs> it doesn't just shatter randomly. Like all the individual pieces would be broken and falling out. It was like, come on. You didn't even try with that special effect. No, they didn't. But I assume like actually making, you know, a stained glass window with all the little candy pieces together would have been time consuming where you can just pour one big sheet and paint it. And I heard this a long time ago, don't know if it's true or not, that they don't even know how to make stained glass the way they used to make stained glass back in the day. That the somehow the technology was lost. Oh, like the old churches? I was going to say, because I know modern-day stained-glass artists. Right, like, yeah, the, the old medieval churches and things like that. They have no clue how to make those stained-glass windows like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I heard that a long time ago, whether it's true or not, don't know. Hey, scientists still haven't figured out why the Roman roads, you know, have lasted so long. Um, they know, you know, the chemicals that are in them, but they haven't figured out how the Romans knew about those chemicals and made sure that they were in them either. So, lots of ancient mysteries. Okay, so back at the hotel, Sam and Dean, they are recovering. They are beat up badly. They got blood and bruises and dirt and everything. Sam is stitching himself up. Uh, Dean has a dislocated shoulder, and Sam helps him put that back into place. I've never had a dislocated shoulder, but it always looks like it really hurts. Something I would not want, for sure. Well, it always hurts when it's out, and then when they pop it back in, it's always, oh! But I'm like, like, is that a like pain, and then, oh, thank God it's over? Or is it pain, and, oh, God, it still hurts? No, I think it's pain, and, oh, thank God it's over. Okay. Pain, because and then relief, and that's their whole, oh! Yeah, because once, when it's dislocated, of course, there's going to be pain, but it hurts. It's probably like a sharp pain when they first relocate it, but then... Yeah, there's a relief that, oh, thank God it's back where it belongs. There's no more pain. Probably like popping a big butt plug in your butt. You know, it hurts at first, but once it's in, oh. <laughs> you knew I was going to have to go there with that, right? Hey, buddy, how are you? You being a good boy? <laughs> Don't talk to the dog. Yeah. Well, Dean asks uh, where Radio Girl is at, which is an awesome nickname for <laughs> Anna. <laughs> And Sam assures him, hey, Ruby is keeping her safe. Stop worrying. Uh, Sam figures that Alistar let those two go to help, basically, so that they would lead him back to Radio Girl again, just like they did the first time. Dean asks why Sam trusts Ruby so damn much. He says he just needs more information. He has to know. Sam says, hey, she saved my life. And it's flashback time again. We see Sam, uh, so it's in a flashback, we see Sam walking into a hotel room. Again, he's looking either half drunk or half dead, something or other. He's looking rough. I think he was drunk off his ass because even, and you didn't mention this when he was talking to the Crossroads demon, he was pretty drunk then too. Yeah, he he was not handling uh, Dean's um, demise very health, with, with any sort of health. He no. Was, he was drinking himself to death it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came. That becomes pretty apparent during the rest. So you saying that he was drunk during Crossroads, Demon? I didn't pick up on it, but I completely agree. He probably was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two people start attacking him in his hotel room, beat the hell out of him, uh, grab his knife, and it's 
Ruby in a different body, though. This Ruby chick, she's in more bodies. Well, when Lilith banished her back to hell, her the body that she was in, you know, died. So Imagine you're the actress, and you're like, hey, Supernatural called. They want you to be Ruby. Yay! Yeah, she'll probably live for about three episodes. Mm. No. <laughs> but, I don't know, don't you think? Like, but, these actresses are only playing this role for a couple episodes. Well, now Katie Kennedy, or uh, shit, Cassie Kennedy, I can't think of her name now off the top of my head, who played Ruby in, in the season three, played her for an entire season. Now uh, Jen Padalecki is going to play her for a while. That last name's familiar. Well, at the time it was Genevieve Cortese, um, but... As you may or may not know, well, you know Dan, but our listeners may or may not know, eventually she and Jared Padalecki do get married, so now she goes by Genevieve Padalecki. All right, well, back to this hotel room where Sam's getting the hell beat out of him, and he's got a knife right at his throat. It's Ruby and uh, someone else. I don't know who this other demon is, but Sam's calling her Ruby, so we know it's Ruby and someone else's body. Ruby grabs his knife. Hauls back with it to stab Sam, but instead she swings and stabs the other demon dead. She says, grab the keys. We got to go now. Commercial. I miss anything in all that? Wasn't this when... Okay, yes. No, you, you got everything right. You're right, right, right. right. This was, I was confused. I was thinking this was a different scene, but no, you got everything perfectly. So... We come back from commercial. Remember, we are still in flashback mode. Yes, we are. Sam and Ruby are riding in the car. Uh, Ruby mentions that she's pretty hungry for some French fries. Sam is grumpy, though. But Ruby explains that Lilith is pretty pissed, and it took a lot of work for her to get back out of hell and to help him again. So, you know, maybe show a little bit less grumpiness and take her to fries, I guess. Sam asks Ruby if she has anything, though, on her, or any more info, anything that can save Dean. Ruby says, nope. At that point, Sam pulls the car over and tells her to get the hell out of the body she's in. Yeah, he tells her that she's basically of no use to him. If, he, if she can't help him get Dean out of hell, he's got nothing to do with her. And then it switches to a, a lady on a table in a hospital somewhere dying. All of a sudden, though, that dead person, because we know this, because the heart monitors are all beep. Well, the doctor said, call it. Time to call it. And so we see someone die, but their eyes pop open, sit up, and says, I want some French fries. <laughs> Who do I have to kill around here to get some French fries? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, there's new Ruby. She, uh, she grabbed it. Because I think Sam was like a bit guilt tripping or two about just hopping in someone else's body and ruining her life. Exactly. When they were in the car bickering. Exactly. That's why. That's why he wanted to, you know, let this lady go back to her life. Don't use up her body. Um, so that's what Ruby found um, someone, and apparently, I don't want to give it away because it's coming up in the next scene. We find out why Ruby grabbed that particular body. Oh, I I knew right away. I got it right away as soon as it happened. Uh, let me get to my notes. So yeah, we see someone die. They wake up. They want French fries. 
the new Ruby then shows up at Sam's place with paperwork to prove that she's riding around in an officially dead body and not reusing a live person. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty hilarious. I saw it coming a mile away. The fact that she brought paperwork. <laughs> I thought she'd just bring like an obituary from a newspaper or something. But no, it was like documentation. And I'm just thinking, okay, so what those doctors do after your dead body got up and walked away? Well, no, I don't think it was like a death certificate or anything. I just think it was probably the fact that the doctors thought this person was dead and miraculously came back. Oh, I thought she brought the death certificate. No, and I'm like, well, how's the second half of that conversation go with the doctors when you're getting your own death certificate? I don't know how this thing, these things work. Buddy, no. Buddy, that damn dog He's eating the futon. Just put, yeah, put that blanket on top of there or something to cover it up. I don't know why these dogs have it. They hear a tearing thread and they just Listeners, go we're going to have to start a Patreon to buy a new couch. Our dogs are slowly eating ours. Yes, yes. And I shouldn't say slowly. Every night a cubic foot goes missing. <laughs> I like to quantize how quickly that thing's vanishing from reality and being pooped out in my yard. Ah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, Ruby then. Um, so new Ruby shows up, blah, 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 riding around. By, they walk into the house. By the way, at this point, Sam's house is all like falling down, overgrown. There's like actual plants growing on the walls. I think he was just squatting in an abandoned house. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I was kind of thinking like, boy, John's old place has gone to shit in the last four years. They never lived. They never lived any place since their house burned down. I thought John had a pad. No. Oh, all right. Remember, they always lived. Even when they had flashbacks as kids, they were always in hotels. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Uh, Ruby wants Sam to use his powers, though, to deal with Lilith once and for all. Ruby says this is the time. Uh, they will do it right and not half-ass it like we tried to before. She tells Sam that he needs to now pet. Practice patience and sobriety. Flashback time over. <laughs> Dean asks, so what'd she teach you? And Sam replies, first that I was a crappy student. And then we're back into flashback mode again. <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, give it a break. Give us some other story, but whatever. Um, we see Sam is trying to force kill a demon that's tied up in a chair, but he's not too good at it. Like, uh, the smoke keeps going in and out of this guy's mouth. <laughs> Eventually, Ruby gets annoyed with his failure and just grabs a knife and stabs him in the face. Ruby assures Sam that, uh, just give it time, you'll get better. Ruby tries to then bring up Dean to Sam, but Sam does not want to talk to her about Dean. Shuts that conversation down. Uh, then Ruby starts making out with Sam. Sam pulls away. She asks what's wrong. And he goes over, she goes over to Sam. Because by now Sam has walked off and sits on a couch. That old crappy couch in this dilapidated <laughs> house, by the way. Uh, she asks what's wrong. Goes, goes over to Sam and starts sexing him up again. Like putting, lifting up her shirt. Putting his hands on her body. Um, eventually, though, Sam just gives in. And they start making out hardcore. They're pulling each other's clothes off. They're ripping each other's hair. They're forcefully mashing their faces into each other. It's disgusting because isn't that a dead body? Well, yes, it, with a demon in it. 
Okay. Well, you know, Ruby was keeping the body fresh, um, but just the fact that she was a demon was kind of gross. Without a heartbeat. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, yet again, we don't know how the, she got out of the hospital, how that was all explained. Uh, yeah, they, they really don't go into that at all. Sorry. So at that point, though, the flashback abruptly ends. Dean stops him and says, yo, too much information. Uh, Dean figures everything that happened up to that point uh, was basically just trying to convince him to go bad, which I got to say, I'm kind of on his side there. It sounds like a great plan by a demon to make uh, Sam Winchester go evil because he's more powerful than these schlubs that they're practicing on. Sam assures him, though, wait, there's more information, and it's back to flashback time again. Sam and Ruby, they're getting ready to go get Lilith. Ruby stops uh, thinking Sam is going to... Sorry, I had to do something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm kind of waiting for you to jump in. I don't know how long that's going to take. So Sam and, Sam and Ruby are getting ready to go get Lilith. Ruby stops him. Thinking Sam is uh, actually just going off to fight Lilith, but actually a kamikaze mission. Like, he was looking to die while fighting Lilith for some reason. So right. at this point, Ruby tries to stop Sam from going, but Sam then pulls the knife on her at the neck, and then he walks out the door. Yes, because at this point, only a month had passed with his training, so Ruby does not think he's ready to take on Lilith. I mean, is he, if he's having a problem with just a regular demon, there is no way he's going to be able to take on love those powers that he's got. But, like Dan said, he just went after her anyway. Uh, back from commercial, then we see Sam outside of a house, and he lurks on in, and he's looking around. And Sam spots a little girl sitting at a table, so it's like, aha, there's Lilith. He's going to get the knife and go to attack. Little girl turns around. It's not the Lilith little girl, though. It's just some scared little girl that wants to go home or something. Right then, two guys jump Sam and knock the knife away from him. This point, though, Ruby shows up, grabs a knife, kills one of them, and starts fighting the other demon. Eventually, yes. though, that demon gets the upper hand on Ruby, but then Dean shows up behind him and uses Sam. his force power to kill the demon. Sam shows up behind him. Sam, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, yes, well, well, Ruby was, after she killed the one demon, she was busy fighting the other demon. That's when she had Sam take the little girl out of the house to safety. So after that, that's when Sam comes back, uses his force powers, and gets rid of that demon that was attacking Ruby. Because she didn't look like she was going to last too much longer there. Yeah, so basically they saved each other, and so it seems like something to bond over. Uh, like I can see why uh, Dean or Sam trusts her, and the flashback's over. Sam says that, like Dean, if it wasn't for her, he'd be dead. The ho uh, housekeeper uh, wants at the hotel <coughs> wants to drop off some towels. Dean tries to shoo her away, but she kind of barges in, shuts the door behind her. Walks over immediately to Sam, hands Sam a note, and warns him that there's demons everywhere. They're outside in the hallway. They're in the, the driveway. There's just demons crawling all over this place. So Sam, Dean, the audience, we all clearly pick up that the housekeeper is now Ruby. The boys kind of call her out on that, too. They're like, hey, what are you doing in this other body? 
It's like, oh, don't worry. The other, yeah, I got to get back to the other body. It's slowly rotting away. And that's what I'm like, that body's dead. Well, yes. Well, she makes a, she makes a joke. She's like, so I stole this, this maid's body for a hot minute. Sue me. I do have to get back to my other body. Yes. <laughs> Gross. All right. So the boys show up at whatever address uh, she, he, she gave them. And we see inside that Anna, the radio girl, remember her from the beginning of this story? She is safe and sound. Dean comes around to actually seeing that Ruby is helping and starts to apologize to Ruby, but that conversation quickly falls apart. Ruby really doesn't want to hear it, and Dean's sick of saying it. Anna asks if she can call her parents. Sam kind of has a sad look, starts to break the news, that, and Anna figures out that, hey, her folks are dead. Anna's crying. She asks what's happening. Then all of a sudden, though, Anna's like, help, they're coming. The lights flicker. Boys quickly hide Anna, and Sam and Dean grab guns. Ruby asks for the knife, but the knife is gone. First, she thinks Dean had something to do with it, but then Dean's like, don't look at me. It was his problem. <laughs> and then Sam looks really sheepish. What happened to the knife? When he stabbed Alistair, then they jumped out the window. The knife was still in Alistair. Oh, gosh, yes. See, I forgot all about that. I'm like, hey, wait, what? So, yes, that is what happened with the knife. Well, that's not good at all. No. That's like another powerful weapon that they have on their side. and Not anymore. Nope, not anymore. All right. Uh, commercial. We come back from commercial, and the door to the cabin swings open, and it's Castiel and that other angel. Uriel. And they come in and ask for Anna. Sam asks, Are you guys going to help her? And Castiel replies, nope, she has to die. And that's... To be continued. To be continued. And this time it actually is a two-parter. And tomorrow's episode will be the to be continued part. Not a fake two-parter like the last one? Not a fake two-parter like the last one. So I just want to mention here, too, this the actor that plays Castiel, absolutely phenomenal. Because Cass seems like such... It, it literally looks like a mandroid being remote-controlled by someone else looking through his eyeballs. Like, that is just, that whole character just seems like his consciousness is a million miles away driving this meat suit around. I don't know how the actor pulls it off, but that is such the impression I get. Is that what you get, too? Actually, no. <laughs> I just get the impression at this point, because Castile hasn't been on the earth that long, that maybe he doesn't quite know how to control a corporeal body, that sort of thing. Okay. But, you're, but you're right, in that respect... Well, even, even if that is what it is. But you're right, in that respect, then, Misha Collins does a really good job of acting like someone who's human but doesn't really know how to... Be human. Be human, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. I don't know how you... I don't know how you'd act to make that come across on screen, you know, basically the act of not acting. Um, and I find that really interesting, though, because, yeah, it's hit to be continued. I mean, man, that Castiel guy, he is just... <laughs> He's just whacked out of his mind, it seems like. Just dazed and confused by all this nonsense around him. Yes, he does look very confused by being on Earth. Yeah, it's like it's almost like he's saying words that he doesn't understand the meaning of. Mm-hmm. You know, but if he, he gave me a phrase in Spanish and I just said the phrase <laughs> in Spanish to Spanish speakers, that's probably, even, you know, he could be dead on perfect, but because of the way you'd say it, you wouldn't know what you were talking about. Yes. Yes, you're right. 
So, a uh, very good episode. I mean, I, I don't need... A, if they're going to do an entire flashback episode, just make it a flashback episode. Uh, all of the backs and forth, and then throwing in the nonsense of the hot and heavy sex scene. It's kind of like, okay, we know that that's just Dean or Sam making up a bunch of nonsense about how hot and horny those two were on top of each other. It's like, okay, we can skip all of that nonsense. Because <laughs> um, yeah, really, it's such an easy joke. Yeah, we really didn't. we really didn't need that aspect of it whatsoever just the fact that she had on multiple times saved his life and that's why he trusted her really didn't have to do anything with the sex yeah i mean i can i get why it, why it's a flashback episode like this it's got to go back and forth because they're weaving in that explanation along with us now meeting radio girl so i don't know what's going to happen to her in the next episode but i'm assuming she might not stick along past the two-parter it would not shock me if we never see from her again after the next episode but um yeah i like it that's good, good yeah good episode you know if they're if they gotta if they gotta throw if they gotta do two stories at once it was a fine way to do it yeah so now tomorrow hopefully we're gonna find out why exactly anna has to die um i think ah spoiler stop that just wrecked everything. Well, no, because, see, I mean, Castiel said Anna has to die. We're going to find out hopefully why. Hopefully we're going to find out why she has to die. Well, I figured we'd watch the boys battle the angels and save her again. Save her from all sides. <laughs> Put her in Switzerland where nobody can touch her. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. I thought there'd be some disagreement. I don't know. I guess we'll get into all that. We will find out in tomorrow's episode. That's for sure. I know the front end of this episode is pretty heavy. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we hang up for the night? No, that's pretty much it. Nothing else to talk about with this episode. All right. So just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. You can come on over and talk to us there. Otherwise, we have a website called coupleofidgets.com. So go to there. You can comment on the episodes. You know, call us out when we're right and wrong. That's kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, you can listen to every single episode. So if you want to share this with someone that's not quite sure how to work a podcast machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I called a it a machine. machine. <laughs> it's a podcast app. Uh, I guess your telephone is your podcast machine. There you uh, go. So if you, that's a great place to send people because uh, you can just play it right on your computer screen. There you go. And, you know, like I said, leave comments. Also, we do broadcast on all of the popular podcast machines, including <laughs> Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, and I believe some others. And there's a way to do it into everything somehow. Go find, go, go get the information. <laughs> and I feel like there's one more thing I always mention at this point. Do I? Well, you already mentioned our website. You mentioned Armchair Hunters on Facebook. You mentioned where you can... We stream it on all it. the things. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think you covered all the bases. All right. Well, part two, we'll talk to you the next time and uh, dig into why Anna has to die. That's right. I'd have fought him on that. Well, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they did. That's all I'm saying. Switzerland. <laughs> okay, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.